You're listening to Trust Me, You're Broke. I'm your host, Julia, a millennial consultant in banking, here to give you some tips and tricks on how to make, save, and grow your money. Let's get started. I wish I can say, welcome to the personal finance version of Taco Tuesday. And if you're wondering what that is, it's TFSA Tuesday. Okay, editing Julia here. I'm really sorry for that transgression. It's not even five seconds into this episode. Um, It's not even Tuesday. So let's forget about that and just get right to the point. So last episode, we discussed ways we can save more in times of uncertainty. If you haven't listened to that yet, I highly encourage you to go listen to that first because it really does provide like a good general guidance as to how to start saving more. In this episode, I'm going to go do a deeper dive on some of the saving tools out there available to Canadians or Canadian residents that you should be taking advantage of today. The two main tools that you may have heard already are TFSAs and RRSPs. I'm going to compare the two as I go, so hopefully you can get a good picture on what each of these products are and how to benefit from both or either. Let's start with an overview. So TFSAs stand for tax-free savings account, but the name can actually be, I guess, a little bit misleading because it can be both a savings account and an investment account or either. The idea is that once you turn 18 years old, you have the option to contribute or set aside certain amounts into your TFSA. And when you do that, any investment returns that you make on this amount will not be taxed when you withdraw. And the great part of a TFSA is that you can actually withdraw your funds anytime you'd like. So it's good for liquidity purposes as well. The only caveat with a TFSA is that the government actually sets a certain limit as to how much you can contribute each year. So for 2020, that's actually $6,000, the same as 2019. Now, the good news is if you have any unused amount from previous years, uh, it will accumulate. So from the year you turned 18 and you were a legal uh, Canadian resident, the unused contribution limit on your TFSA would have accumulated. So as an example, if you were at least 18 years old in 2009 when this program was first started, then your lifetime limit as of this year would have been $69,500, which is quite a significant amount. Now to know your specific contribution limit, it's best to go on to MyCRA to find out. Now with TFSAs, what's really important is that you really do understand what your contribution limit is and make sure that you're not over contributing. And this is because for any amount that you exceed, the CRA actually charges an interest rate of 1% per month for the duration that that amount is in your TFSA, which is why it's really important to track your uh, contributions and your withdrawals. And then a final tip on TFSAs is that when you do withdraw money from your TFSA, you actually get that contribution limit back but you don't get it until the next tax year. So let's say this year is $6,000 and you contributed 1,000 and then you decided to withdraw that 1,000. Even if you decide to withdraw that 1,000 immediately after you contribute, you lose that contribution space until the next following year. So it's important to not assume that your contribution space is now $6,000 again, because that's how people make mistakes and over-contribute to their TFSA. 
Now on to RSPs. RSPs are very similar to TFSAs, but it stands for Registered Retirement Savings Plan. And as the name suggests, this account is primarily used to save up for your retirement. It also, much like the TFSA, comes in a form of savings or investment accounts, but the rules around how it's set up is a little bit different. So with RSPs, you can contribute up to 18% of your gross income, meaning your income before taxes, or $26,500. Whichever is less is however much you can contribute for that year. So the key difference here between a TFSA and an RSP is that with an RSP, whatever amount you contribute, you will get that amount deducted from your income for that year. So let's say your tax bracket is currently 20%, just, you know, for simplicity's sake. Then whatever you decide to contribute in your RSP, 20% of that amount will be refunded to you the following year. Now that sounds perfect and all, but actually RSPs are more like a save now, pay later type program. Because eventually when you do withdraw your funds, unlike a TFSA, you actually do have to pay taxes on it. So then what really is the major benefit of an RSP, you might ask? Well, the assumption is that by the time you are ready to withdraw your funds, which is after your retirement, your income would have significantly decreased than the year you decided to contribute funds to your RSP. And since the CRA charges taxes on your withdrawals based on the income you have the year you withdraw, you will be taxed less than the taxes you have saved when you contributed the amount to your RSP. So back to that example. So let's say your tax bracket today is 20% and you decided to contribute $1,000 to your RSP. Then your savings for that would be $200. You'll get that $200 back the following year when you're filing for your taxes. Now let's say you've retired, your income has significantly decreased, and now your tax bracket is at 15%. Then when you withdraw that money, even though you do have to pay taxes on it, now you only have to pay $150. Now this is a very simple example because really, there's a couple of things that you have to consider here, right? The thing is, if you contribute to your RSP and do nothing with it, you get no interest, nothing, then you do have to realize that there's inflation and probably, you know, you're going to uh, retire 30, 40 years down the line. Then the value of your money, if you do nothing with it, would have significantly decreased. So That's one consideration. The other consideration is the flip side of that. If you do decide to invest, which there's a lot of RSP investment accounts out there, which is what most people do, then you're also earning a return on the funds that you're contributing. So it's not only the $50 that you're saving, but now you also have returns that would have benefited from compounding interest. So which product is better for you? Well, first and foremost, let's go back to the first episode on goal planning. I really hope you tuned into that episode and that you did your homework because this is where it gets extra relevant. The quick answer and the short answer to the question, which is better for you, is really, it depends. And what it depends on is your goals. If your goals mainly consist of short to midterm, and actually in this context, I would even call like anywhere less than 20 years midterm if you are in your 20s, 
then it is highly likely that a TFSA will be a better option for you at this moment. And now take everything I say with a grain of salt, as I always say, uh, but based on my experiences, what I've been advised by my financial advisor when I was first starting, as well as the many sources that I have researched from, if you have goals that are short to midterm, TFSAs are much better for you. And the reason being is because in the short term and the midterm, you would need to withdraw these funds for whatever your financial goals are. Maybe it's purchasing a car, maybe it's um, going on vacation, for example. So a TFSA allows you to withdraw your money at any time without incurring taxes, whereas RSP, you would have to pay taxes on that, which makes the TFSA much better for uh, short to medium term goals. So for me, for example, because my big purchase goals are largely within 10 years, I've been told by my financial advisor to focus on uh, maximizing my TFSA. And because I hadn't really paid much attention to what a TFSA was until uh, like I was maybe 22, I did have significant contribution room uh, to contribute to, which is why till this day, my primary saving focus is on contributing to multiple TFSAs. Also, on the flip side of things, let's say that you contributed to an RSP today where your income tax bracket was like 20.5%, just you know, as an example. And then in five years, you get promoted, you get a new job, you're that boss, and now you're in a higher tax bracket. And now you've come to a point five years later where you need to withdraw that money because you have set financial goals for yourself and you're ready to make that purchase. What happens? Well, if you need to withdraw that money then and there, you'll actually end up paying more taxes on your withdrawal than what you had originally saved when you were contributing because now you're in a higher income tax bracket. And this is why RRSPs are largely designed for you to keep your savings and keep it inside that RSP for the long term. Now, there are two goals that may be exceptions here. So the first one being if you want to buy a house. Uh, if you want to buy a house in the short, mid, or even slightly longer term, um, an RSP actually might be better off for you in that situation, even if it's a short-term goal. And that's because Canada actually has something called the Home Buyers Plan, where you're eligible to um, withdraw $35,000 from your RSP tax-free. Now, the only condition being you are expected to return that money into your RSP, so re-contribute within 15 years. So you have to return $35,000. So it's essentially like a loan on your own money, but then it's interest-free and you get to still withdraw it tax-free. This is one of the few scenarios where you can actually withdraw money from your RSP tax-free. So in the short run, not only did you uh, reap the benefits of an RSP, which is that you got some income deducted from your actual income for that year, and so you saved on some taxes, you also get to withdraw a limited amount of money to maybe for your down payment um, without incurring extra taxes. 
Now, the second goal is an educational goal. So let's say you want to further your education, you want an MBA, but it's still in the short term or midterm. So like in one to five years, you want to go back to school. Then you might think, okay, because it's a short term goal, TFSA might be better for me. But in fact, actually contributing to an RSP for this goal would be much better off for you. And that is because like the home buyer's plan, there is an educational plan by the government where you can withdraw up to $20,000 tax free. The only condition here is like very similarly to the home buyer's plan where you have to return it in 15 years. For the educational plan, you actually have to return your $20,000 within 10 years. So I hope now you can see the importance of setting goals. It's not only, you know, because, oh, we want to manifest our goals and we want to know what we are, you know, have a purpose and what we're chasing after. It's also because a lot of these products out there in the market, such as a TFSA and an RSP, are catered towards different purposes. And the better you know your purpose, the better you can target your savings uh, into the most relevant accounts. All right, now let's talk about your income and your income tax bracket. Remember, to reap the true benefits of an RSP, you want to contribute to it when your income is high and withdraw when your income is low. Now, to try and get you the most accurate information as possible, I did research multiple sources. So Money Sense, Wealth Simple, the big five banks, my personal financial advisor, as well as the government's website. And now that I have listed every source possible to you, here's when you should choose an RSP over a TFSA. So if your income is actually more than $50,000 and you don't expect your income to increase significantly over the life of your career, and by the word significantly, uh, I define it as basically if you think your income is generally going to stay within the 50000 to 90000 range, then you can say that you predict your income will not increase significantly. And that is because within that range of 50000 to 90000 you're actually within the same income tax bracket. And the reason why I use the word generally is because in my example, I'm actually using the federal tax bracket for simplicity's sake. But really, depending on where you live, there's also provincial taxes that you have to consider. And based on that, it's not always going to be exactly 50000 to 90000 This is just like an approximate range. So if you think approximately your income is going to stay within that range throughout the life of your career, then that means you expect your income to not increase significantly. And in that case, if you are saving for retirement, it would be a better plan for you to uh, invest in an RSP because should you need to withdraw maybe five years, 10 years down the line, you still won't incur more taxes than you have saved today because you are expecting your income to not increase significantly enough to put yourself in another or a higher income tax bracket. The second scenario is if you are saving for retirement and your income is currently over $90,000. And in this case, you should consider using an RRSP over a TFSA. And the reason being is because you are now considered in a high income tax bracket. So the benefits that you can reap from contributing to an RRSP and lowering your income is higher. Also, now there's a higher chance that you will have a lower income post-retirement, which is exactly what you want for an RSP. 
And the final two scenarios are that if your income is less than $50,000 right now, or it is more, but you expect your income to rise significantly, which hello, you should believe so if you are young, then even if it's for retirement, it is recommended that you save it in a TFSA because you can always withdraw that money from a TFSA without incurring extra taxes and contribute to an RSP when your income is higher. So now I'll give you some space and time through an interlude to think about which product matches you the most. What is your income right now and what are your goals? Think about these two factors and think about which product an RSP or a TFSA suits you the best. Before we end this episode, I have a parting advice for those who are in a position to favor the RSP over the TFSA. And this is something you should action on immediately before the end of this year, which is coming up very soon. So however much you decide to contribute into your RSP this year, you're actually going to get a refund on that come next tax season, which is around April. When you do get that tax refund next year, what you should do with that refund is to contribute to your TFSA. So take that amount that you get back from the government, contribute it back into a TFSA, and that way you're building yourself a nice balance of utilizing both a TFSA and an RSP. Now, most banks actually do have a function to open up a TFSA or an RSP via online. So for COVID days, that's pretty COVID friendly. You can just go online and sign up now. Now, the only thing is that if you're a first time investor, I would uh, recommend that you go speak to someone at a branch before you pick the type of TFSA and RSP that you want to contribute to. Hope today's episode was informative and fun. If you like this episode, please give my podcast a like, a five-star review, and a follow. Also, go follow me at Wealth by Julia on Instagram for more tips and tricks. I'll talk to you soon.